You know, Jason, mm-hmm. I'm feeling a little weird. Feeling a little special sporty today. It's not good. What if it is good? Mm, something weird's about to happen. It is. I was just thinking, you know, the opening's gotten a little stale. You feel like uh, changing it up a bit? Oh, sure. Let's see what we can do here. And go. The Batman looks like it's in pre-production. The Flash begins a new cycle of writer-director teams, and Netflix rolls the dice on the endless. All that, and as Neil Gaiman would say, a little bit more is coming right up. But first, I'm David C. Robertson. This, my co-host, Jason Goss. Hello. And this is DC On Screen, where we discuss the DC Comics multiverse on film and television, give honest opinions on projects upcoming and past, and believe that every version of a property is valid, even if we really don't want it to be. If it's been released, it's fair game, so beware of spoilers, and welcome to the show. All right. right. How did that feel? Felt all right from here. Yeah? Just all right? Yeah. Not, not, not beautiful, not wonderful, not glamorous, not glittery? Um, special sporty. Fair enough. Mm-hmm. You know where that phrase comes from, right? No idea. At least in my canon. No, no idea. Uh, it comes from the Andy Griffith show. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. That tracks. That uh, I, I believe it was um that <laughs> that is when Barney smokes the cigars when he's feeling special sporty, mm. according to Andy. I got you. <laughs> By the way, quick disclaimer from my end: <clears throat> my neighbors have a disdain for trees that is uh, I've never seen anything like this before, mm-hmm. and um, they they just keep buying up new new uh, parts of the neighborhood. Like they own at this point fully a tenth of the street I live on, mm-hmm. and. Um, Every uh, they they apparently move in and then just mow down every tree in their yard and then make a lawn out of it, mm-hmm. or they move somebody in. He's got an entire crew of people and he keeps it's 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 insane. So probably making him a ton of money. But um, if you hear any chainsaws, I'm gonna do what I can to remove them in in post. But uh, if you hear any chainsaws, that's what's happening. This is a this is a podcast. I, th- I think they're I think the audience is uh pretty pretty used to this sort of uh, thing. Yeah. Pretend it's the sound of WB canceling Swamp Thing in the background. <laughs> Just mowing down the swamp. Just, meow, meow. No more forests. Meow, meow. But the trees have memories. <laughs> All right. Somebody uh, would fuck the green <laughs> written on the side of his chainsaw. Just going at it. <laughs> oh, man. <clears throat> and then afterward, he's going to go home and make some toidal soup. Mm-hmm. Little bit of turtle soup. Mm-hmm. Ugh. I know. Um, we'll get to that. We will eventually. We do want to quickly thank our wonderful patrons for their support. Mm-hmm. That includes, of course, our newest patron, Richard Edgington. Hi. Who uh, he, he joined this week. Joined the Beyond Endom, the $5 tier. And Richard, you could not have picked a better time to join up. Starting with this episode, ad-free versions of the show will be available for patrons on both the $1 and $5 tiers. Is that what we decided? That is what we decided. That's what I thought we decided. Uh, it only takes t- a buck. It only takes a buck to get the ad-free version. Uh, and that on top of the $5 a month exclusive extra content like warm-ups, Jason's pull list, Marvel movie reviews, which we'll be doing a Spider-Man Far From Home Come review very soon. And, uh, of course, uh, Chasing Squirrels, which sometimes, you know, if sometimes you know, just being a, a listener of the free program mm-hmm. um, will we'll get you plenty of that. Uh, mm-hmm. Last week was a pretty good uh, indication that sometimes we're just not going to take that out. It's just going to be in there because we're damn tired. But <laughs> I mean, yeah, that happens. 
Uh, yeah. It, it's a it's a hard it's a hard decision when when to pull a squirrel out, but that that squirrel stayed. Sometimes they stay, sometimes they go. It does. Sometimes they're chased from that episode because you know the episode's a little too long already, or sometimes they stay because the episode's kind of short, or you know we were tired. Mm-hmm. So that's just our fickle nature, right? And like anyway, you ever done hey. a thing with a squirrel where you like see it on a tree and you 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 try to go get a look at it and it goes to the other side and then you go mm-hmm. to the other side and then it goes to the other side. Mm-hmm. And you, mm-hmm. you literally go around that tree over and over again. Well, I'm I've seen you do it. Yeah, I enjoy it mostly because I think it's hilarious that squirrels have this like <laughs> they just it's in their nature to hide. It's weird. <clears throat> yeah, I guess they do, don't they? Cracks me up. Unless there's unless there's an oncoming car. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> their decision. Like, I wonder what that wheel does. <laughs> yeah, their decision making uh, capabilities apparently take like a hard turn when when a a, a car is on the way. It's awful. No. Is that was that? I, like, I always try to avoid them. I always try to avoid them, and then every yeah. now and then you get one of those where like you, you go you go way out of your way to get out of its way, and it's like, oh my god, what are I doing? It runs right to your car. Damn it. Yeah, their hard turn makes your hard turn makes their hard turn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Patreon.com slash DC on screen to become a patron today. Just um, I don't know. Stop stop listening to this and go right now. Damn it. Mm-hmm. You know you won't remember. Mm. I wouldn't remember. No, I have not remembered. I didn't remember that about Shazam with bonus features. Oh yeah. Yeah, me too. I woke up the next day and looked at my email and I was like, when did I... Oh, awesome. Good job. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm waiting on my Blu-ray. Nice. My 4K and Blu-ray edition. Nice. I've started to like yeah. digital just because I can get to it from anywhere and it doesn't clutter up my home. Well, I'm aggravated because if I didn't buy it on iTunes, I don't get the director's commentary. Mm. Gotcha. Gotcha. So. Yeah. May- maybe I know an unscrupulous individual somewhere. Eh, you can probably find one. Are there any unscrupulous individuals who are listening right now who could help me out with that commentary? I would be your friend forever. <laughs> it's probably great commentary. <laughs> All right. So we don't have a huge amount of news this uh, this week. We have the Batman, which uh, looks like it's in pre-production. And the only thing we have finally, really to... Finally to, an to, actual pre-production. Yeah. IMDb Pro. This is the only evidence we have. It has moved over... Uh, from the script status to pre-production. Mm-hmm. And that's all we have. But um, I, I take that as a positive sign. Yeah, I mean, it's I mean, it's not a terrible source. No, I mean, it's, you know, they they pay to have their names on these things yeah. Yeah. over on IMDb. So, hell, it's we'll probably just work. to access all that stuff, much less change it. I uh, know. And uh, there's a concept artist out there. Uh, what was his name? Ash Thorpe. And uh, he's worked on Ender's Game, Blade Runner 2049, RoboCop, uh, the new one, uh, Assassin's Creed, Ghost in the Shell. And I sent you a a couple of links, uh, one to his Instagram page and one to his uh, his actual website. Mm-hmm. And uh, this guy was on Instagram and someone asked him, was wondering if you're also working on a new design for a certain legendary black vehicle and had a little bat emoji. And he said, uh, perhaps, with a black heart emoji. So that makes me wonder if he's uh, working on the new Batmobile for Matt Reeves. Could be. And I'll include those links in the show notes, but uh, he's got some wonderful designs. Yeah. It's, they it's look really stuff. cool. Like, there are a couple of cars on there that, by God, remind me of the 90s Norm Bravevogel Batmobile. And just make me go, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, <laughs> just flipping through his little portfolio here, just the you know opening page of it. It's kind of weird though. He's got a lot of his background is in um, 
kind of like future-esque uh, tech mm-hmm. art. Mm-hmm. And then we're going to do a, you know, a 20 years ago Batman. Well, we don't know if it's going to be 20 years ago necessarily. Yeah, I mean, we, it could be present day. It's just that they've talked about it as though it was going to be a... Like, even within the universe of this movie, it's going to be known that this was back in the day a little bit. Maybe. Just the just the feel I get from how they talk about it. But anyway, the dude has great stuff, so... Yeah, I... I, I give him credit for his name alone, Ash Thorpe. It's a fucking standout name. Yeah, you know what? He sounds like the uh, the son of a, of a gangster. Mm, a little bit. Like, it sounds like his dad was, like, maybe, like... You know, white collar crime mm-hmm. kind of guy, and uh, just ran some books. That's all. Yeah, son never never agreed with the business, and, but he's not above getting his hands dirty. If you know what I mean. Mm. Wink. <laughs> uh, <laughs> does, what is he gonna do? Design the the website of the mob? <laughs> I don't know, Jason. <laughs> Uh, son, gotta, son, this 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 guy's vid came in a little light this week, and we need you to take care of it. All right, man, I'm gonna make a sick meme about it. Right, it's like gotta put out a, a newsletter. <clears throat> right, we're gonna do a little br- rebranding. Yeah, portray a kinder, gentler mob. Yeah, <laughs> uh, we are the future. Uh, all right, so. Uh, the the wheel never stops uh, turning, man. And uh, the Flash has a new director. It looks like Hollywood Reporter is directing Andy uh, Muschietti uh, is coming on to direct from uh, it, or is it at least uh, in talks? Uh, Goldstein and Daly are gone. Looks like they've moved on. Yeah, um, so it appears. And we've got writer Christina Hodson once again uh, coming in to to write this thing. Mm-hmm. She was working on Batgirl. She's working on Birds of Prey. She's now she's doing this. Uh, you know, uh, Mario Robles uh, over at uh, Revenge of the Fans had a pretty good point. He was like, "Yeah, okay, so we're everything is disconnected. How does that work when you only ha- when you have the same person writing everything you're doing?" Mm-hmm. <laughs> he said it better than I just did. I I didn't write it down. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Mario. No, oh, he he memed it. And it was something yeah. about like, yeah, like you're telling me everything is disconnected, but you've got the mm-hmm. same writer working on three of your movies right now. Mm-hmm. No, nah, son. No. Nah. You know, I, I have yet to watch the uh the this uh this new it film. Mm. No, I haven't either. I, I and you were uh a Stephen King fan though, weren't you? I am a Stephen King fan, yeah. Yeah. So I've, I've never it, been a fan. Yeah. So It is my favorite of his books that I've read, anyway. Gotcha. Now that you know, I've read several, several books, but the man's written like over fifty. So. I mean, yeah, he he's prolific. I'm still a novice in the ways of the king. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I've never read it. I, I think I watched the first uh, iteration of it. Oh, you Halloween. can't do that. You can't do that. <laughs> Why? I happened it's upon not, it. It's not very good. You can't don't don't judge it. You well, can. maybe that was. Uh, I mean, I don't even remember it really. All I remember is it was one of those Halloweens where I was like mm-hmm. uh, at a formative age where they were going trick or treating. I was like, no, I'm too old for that. I'm going to stay at home and find something Watch to do bad by myself. Made yeah. for TV movie. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much what happened. Um, precisely what happened actually. Because I was like, well, I'm sure I can find like some kind of spooky something to watch at home, and that was what I happened upon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't remember much of it at all. Yeah, it's, there's not much. To, there was I a mean, clown. Yeah, that's it. That's really all I remember. That's fair. I I do want to see uh, the uh, the new one, but 
you know, they, they said that they were going to do like a full on director's cut situation and, and Blu-ray. And I was like, ah, I kind of, I just kind of want to wait for that then. Yeah, that's fair. And then uh, I may have heard that they they were going to do like once chapter two comes out, they were just going to do like one gigantic version where the, the two films are cut together. And I thought, well, <laughs> yeah. So as long as they're going to keep recutting this thing, you're never going to watch it. Pretty much. Gotcha. But I mean, uh, I'm yeah. probably never going to watch it. I just I have no real interest in uh, clown horror, I guess, as a genre. So, uh, yeah, I'll probably just never get around to it. But well, I mean, spoilers. It's I've not really heard, a clown. I know, uh, but I've I've heard from people that I trust that it was a good movie. So mm-hmm. I, that bodes well as far as the director of the Flash goes. You realize mm-hmm. that movie was supposed to have been out like a long time ago, from the original what, time the we Flash? were told about the Flash. Yeah, yeah. it was like what twenty eighteen. Oh Something god, like yeah, that? it was. Yeah. It was. We should have been talking about like the DVD release by now, according to the original timeline. Hmm. Yeah. So we'll see. Um, you know, maybe that uh, that Variety article was was more accurate, or that little blurb in the uh, the 2019 Pride thing was a little more accurate than we thought, because it did say Ezra Miller was coming back after he he finished up with the uh, the Harry Potter stuff, whatever it, whatever it, the Fantastic Beasts. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, maybe they were onto something. Who knows? Yeah, uh, because it looks like uh, Ezra Miller is still attached to direct, like all of this news, and it's still Ezra Miller. Yeah. Um. So yeah, uh, he, he still is the face of that brand right now. We've got uh, Andy Muschietti, his sister Barbara, producing, and uh, Michael Disco is going to be working producing on the project with them, and uh, Christina Hodson writing. I I'm down, but it does look like it'll probably be darker, like Ezra wanted. It, I mean, it'll be in the middle, like all of these things are now. Of course, I say that, but, you know, a lot of people are saying that, like, oh, it's going to be darker because it was the It director. Well, I mean, no. tell that to Sandberg. No, not necessarily at all. Tell that to Sandberg. Yeah. I, I I know a lot of people said that Shazam was scary, but and it, I guess it may have been for some children. Uh, but honestly, that was a pretty lighthearted movie. It was, but same it's a time. It's pretty fun and, and they, lighthearded. And they did it in shadow, but you still saw a guy's head literally be bitten off. <laughs> I mean, and there's a traumatic car crash up front and i've told people if your child can make it through the first 10 minutes of this movie he's gonna love it right if if your child is five years old and already knows the word triggered don't yeah. don't bother yeah i mean it, it's really hard and it, everybody's different I, I, as a gauge i told people i don't know seven just my guess seven hmm i don't know seven seems high seven out of what seven out of ten no seven you can watch it. Oh, okay. I thought you, <laughs> thought you'd be like so. Out of ten, mm, no, it's a seven on the horror. What? Oh, no, 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 no. We Ugh. we have uh, formally forbidden the use of out of tens on this show. I think at some point. Yeah, which uh, you know, sometimes I wonder if we should have. But no, it's we, a flawed we, we premise. It is. It's a flawed premise. Ah, uh, everything. Way more trouble than it should. Yeah, I'm just you know. Like if it was harmless, I, would, I, I wouldn't care. But it is a flawed premise, and that that part. That part, I get, uh, my feet get pretty firm in the ground on that. Mm. My feet aren't firm anywhere, so I really don't care. (laughs) (laughs) I live my life about seven, eight feet out into the ocean at any Mm -hmm. given time. (laughs) And I live my life firm enough to roughly know where I am. (laughs) I'm sorry. That was uncalled for. Just beaten and swayed by all the environment around me. 
Yeah. Um, Occasionally wondering what touched me. <laughs> it's usually your dog, Bruce. Right. Yeah. All right. Well, um, hmm. We that that does it on uh, the movie news. So um, we are going to be talking about uh, Netflix's new acquisition right after this. All right, we're back. <laughs> oh man, this is going to be a little more fun than I thought. Yay! All right, so this is really exciting to me. Neil Gaiman, uh, and I wish I could just end it at Neil Gaiman, <laughs> but Neil Gaiman and David Goyer. Just saying, Neil Gaiman gets you excited. It does, but then you you evenly weight it with David Goyer, and I go, rabble, 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 rabble. Neil Gaiman and David Goyer are going to be adapting Sandman as a TV show for Netflix. Uh, Hollywood Reporter uh, initially reported that they si- that Netflix signed a quote massive financial deal with Warner Brothers Television to do Sandman, and. Um, of course, we don't know any of the numbers because it's Netflix. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's weird. They have a black box. It's it's absurd. Mm-hmm. Sources are saying it's going to be DC Entertainment's most expensive TV series. <laughs> that, that tracks. Yes, it does. Um, and Gaiman is going to be executive producing uh, along with Goyer. Wonder Woman writer Alan Heinberg is going to be writing, and he's going to be the showrunner. Um, I mean, it has been... Uh, reported subsequently then that Gaiman is going to be writing the first episode with Heinberg. It does. It does officially have a series order from Netflix. Like we watched this thing fold out over the like, like three days in the week, man. Mm -hmm. No, yeah. It it started as, Hey, this is about to happen. And by like 78, two hours later or whatever it was, it was, Oh, we know everything about what's about to happen now. Yeah. Netflix has everyone has confirmed and shook their head. Yes. Yes. We're doing it. Netflix came out, said it's got to be a rich blend of modern myth and dark fantasy in which contemporary fiction, historical drama, and legend are seamlessly interwoven. The Sandman follows the people in places affected by Morpheus, the Dream King, as he mends the cosmic and human mistakes he's made during his vast existence. And um, you know how we know for sure it's happening? They hired someone to write copy for it. Mm-hmm. And uh, excuse me, Gaiman and Goyer. Strangely, that's a big deal. <laughs> Gaiman and Goyer are co-writing. branding it already. It's it, yeah, this is real. This is mm-hmm. co-writing now, I, the first. Episode. I emphasize that because we've heard of, we've been hearing about a Sandman project for like five years. Yeah, but it was uh, originally at HBO, if I remember, if I recall. No, it was it was going to be a movie. Oh, was it a movie? It was oh. going to be a movie, and uh, the guy that was writing, I can't remember his name. The guy that was writing said, like, gave it up and said that uh, he thought it would be better as a limited series or a TV yeah, show. That's why. Okay. That's now, why. Uh, but yeah, uh, I did misspeak earlier. It was this Gaiman and Goyer co-writing with Alan Heinberg for the first episode. Mm-hmm. And uh, but Alan Heinberg, who wrote Wonder Woman: Grey's Anatomy, uh, is going to be serving a showrunner. The first season is going to be eleven episodes. Who said that? Neil Gaiman said that. He said the first season will be 11 episodes. That's the start of it all. Preludes and nocturnes and a little bit more. Nice. I'm excited, man. Yeah. Yeah. That uh, is going to be solid. I want to go back and, and like, I'm kind of like, I'm, I'm in the middle of crisis right now. Crisis on Infinite Earths. And I say mm-hmm. in the middle, but I'm like, you know, 40 pages in. Yeah. Because I want to read that before the new. Th- uh, I, I know what I'm reading after that, though. <laughs> yeah. Like I read Preludes and Nocturnes years and years ago and wanted to keep going, but I couldn't afford like the you know, whatever it was, hundred dollar 
volumes. Yeah. It's in it, it, a really expensive series to catch up on. Um, I think DC Universe has some of it already, and hopefully they'll, mm-hmm. you know, in, the, in light of this. And they usually are pretty good about making sure they prioritize getting stuff that's relevant to stuff that's coming up. Um, yeah. Like, they'll they'll probably put a lot of this up for us to binge on and, uh, you know, click through. Yeah, Question. you know, the... Mm-hmm. Do you think there's any kind of causal effect between the fact that Neil Gaiman was actually really grateful for Netflix picking up Lucifer and the fact that the show is happening right now on Netflix? I do think there are they are interconnected. I don't know if it was chicken or egg or egg or chicken. I can't help but wonder if they're not going to leave Lucifer off on a certain kind of note and then pick him up later in Sandman. Oh, yeah, that'd be fantastic. I mean... Wouldn't it? Let me put it this way. You haven't finished the series this year. No. But... And my quickie review of Lucifer season four, if they'd been doing this the whole time, I would have been watching eagerly. Mm-hmm. And especially where they got through this season, if they had done that two seasons ago, I would have been pimping the show out. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, he, it's, it's Lucifer. He, <laughs> he is part of the Sandman universe. Like he's, yeah, yeah. I mean, you, you could plug him in. No problem. And Tom Ellis is, is great enough that, you know, you, I'd be happy to have him come back. He's he's a little like Matt Ryan in that way. Where it's like, yeah, I think you could pull him out I don't care how anything. bad the stuff is that you're in. You're still great as the character. Yeah. And I would love to see you again. Yeah. It was, our, our ongoing problem with Lucifer was that they were wasting a lot of potential. Mm-hmm. Um, this season, again, I, I finally felt like they started cashing some of those checks. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I've... I think that tighter schedule actually helped him. I really do. I, I yeah. I was looking forward to that to seeing what the mm-hmm. outcome was, and it still is a little meandering. But yeah, I think it got a little somewhere. bit. It is a little bit meandering, but uh, a much tauter ship. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm 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 down for the final season. I'm down for the, I've got about half of the fourth season left, and um, it's just hard for me to get to sit down and binge these days. Oh yeah, yeah. There's you you run out of hours in the day very quickly. It happens. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, but you know, I'll, I'll, my, my favorite bit from season four just yet is we have, we have a Chloe who's, uh, still coming to terms with him as, uh, as the devil. And she says, so you don't bite the heads off of children. And he's like, Oh no, I, what was it? I, <laughs> of course not. I can't even stand the buggers. I don't want to put them in my mouth. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was good. That was good. They actually, they, the show always had a, a good sense of humor. I mean, mm-hmm. it wasn't a show where I necessarily needed a sense of humor, but it had a good one when it wanted to, and uh, that carried over pretty well. Yeah. Like you could tell the cast is having fun. And actually, I heard Tom Willing talking about it on uh, Inside of You recently when he did his little return, and yeah, like he specifically spoke spoke to that. Like The the cast itself is... They they are enjoying themselves on a daily basis, so it was fun, it was fun to come and guest spot with him because like... Mm-hmm. It's Tom Ellis's show, and he sets the tone. But his tone is, "Guys, we're here to have a good time and get something done." Now, here's here's the other possibility. I think Gaiman wants to use Lucifer in his Sandman series, but does not want it to be confused with Lucifer, the show. Possible, but here's the thing, though. Well, one, I wondered about Chicken Egg because it could have been that they renewed Lucifer on their own terms. Neil Gaiman thought okay these are good blokes and then mm-hmm. when the opportunity came he 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 said you know what i like those guys yeah let's do it or they said we want to do this other project with you mm-hmm. and maybe he maybe backdoor said yeah um i want to do more with lucifer though and they were like sure let's do both 
all are yeah. possible. Um, but I wondered about it because it, 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 the other thing is like Lucifer, you know, as a project right now, it has some celestial back, you know, uh, background to it. But mm-hmm. if you're doing something as ether- ethereal as Sandman, you can pluck Lucifer out of this plot that is a very terrestrial plot so far. After you know, for four, for four seasons, it's done the celestial thing, but it's done it minimally. Right. You can just pluck him out of there and put him in this other thing, and it won't even matter. It won't yeah. affect the first one. Continuity will be fine. You don't have to worry about a thing. You can do flashbacks. You can show him at a different point in his existence. You can oh yeah, really play and around with it. Like I and Neil Gaiman, because we know he's um, you know a thousand times the creator we will ever be has surely thought of all that. Mm-hmm. Like it, it might've occurred to him, look, yeah. I mean, let's get these things on the same place in the same place. And even if we can't, this is a place where I can, I can, you know, dick around and tell this kind of story and then use this guy however I feel like later. And, you know, frankly, I think Tom Ellis will be up for it. I think he loves playing Lucifer based on what I've heard. Oh yeah. So that's conjecture. Who knows? Who knows what they're going to do? But well, it looks like they're going to do preludes and nocturnes. Yeah, so there's something specific to dig into if you haven't read it, and I haven't, so... Yeah, they're starting at the beginning, guys. Yeah. Which makes me wonder, I mean, are we doing all 10 volumes? Oh, God, I mean, I'd be down for it. Uh, Sandman, I've never gotten to sit down and read, because A, it's, it's uh, like, it's intimidating. Um, and I, I mean that, like, in a time sense and a financial sense. Mm-hmm. It is a lot to gather and to, uh, uh, you know, get through. Um but the glimpses I've gotten, like the pages I've seen, the story parts I've seen, I, it, every time I've seen it, I thought, "Oh, that's fascinating." But man, it it is a lot to get through. So maybe they're going to they're going to chew through it. Mm-hmm. But the one thing with Netflix is, um, you don't know with them, and, and and it's a black box, and something can have a lot of buzz, seem like it's doing good, uh, doing a good job, and then you just turn around, and it's canceled, and they don't really have to explain themselves. They, you don't know. I mean, it they are a whimsical deity in charge of some of our. Uh, fiction at this point i i have to wonder if neil gaiman doesn't have enough clout or wouldn't you know make sure like hey look uh want to at least be able to shop this around if you guys get rid of it or we're going to do this certain amount as far as i know it's it's it is like any other network in the sense that if your if your project gets canceled you do have the ability to shop it around normally Mm -hmm. and that is often how it works on network tv um as far as I've seen, it's how it works on Netflix. It's just that once you're like the streaming television is still the place that picks up the network stuff. If it doesn't mm-hmm. work, you don't see a lot of. I don't know that I've ever seen anything go from streaming to network. I think it's still mm-hmm. a one way street. So if you're canceled in streaming and another version of streaming doesn't pick you up, I don't I don't know if you have much hope. I think I think maybe a network just picked up one day at a time from Netflix. I don't even know what one day at a time is, but that'd be yeah, that'd be new. A remake of, uh, you know, a remake of a sitcom. So it was originally um, network, then Netflix, then network again. So oh, that would you be know, still. You no, know, I think it's you know, it was just it was streaming from streaming. It was Pop oh, TV was... picked it up after Netflix. Oh, okay. Yeah, I and um, I I really would if there's an example, someone please let me know. But um, I just haven't seen an example of streaming moving to network yet. Yeah, but I, think, I don't think I, I like. Have. I would love to know about that because it was, it's a big deal that that would be an accomplishment on the part of streaming to actually have something on streaming go to network because network said no, no, no. We in all of our normal standards and practices, we think this is financially eligible mm-hmm. and we'll take it because um, the financials of streaming or the financials and the ratings like it, it is hard to imagine that I was going to one day miss Nilton ratings. But fuck, <laughs> at least we had something. Mm-hmm. 
You got nothing. I mean, all you got is you can look at, you know, trending on Twitter if you want to, but that's that's it. I mean, if it's just streaming on Netflix or Hulu or Prime or whatever, you you have no idea. Anyway, still exciting. Yeah. I'm I'm well, you know, I'm I'm excited. And by the way, you you did ask me um how uh if this was going to be basically the same pitch as the movie. Mhm. And I don't have that answer for you, but I, I wondered will. if it was the same piece of pre-production, like the same treatment being worked around again, or if it, they were going to start fresh. Okay. I, I will tell you, who, the people who were working on the movie was Neil Gaiman, David Goyer, and Joseph Gordon-Levitt. So I've got to believe that some version of this, yeah. has. I think, I think a big portion of it has been probably. Okay. But again, if it was just the movie, and even the you said the, the director who signed off on it said it would be better served as a series. Uh, that was, uh, I think that was that was a previous writer. Previous writer, okay. Mm-hmm. Um, if there was that sense of someone who's been involved with this project, and then you know, looking at the whole story, you see it become start as a movie and become mm-hmm. a series. That's actually kind of encouraging. A little bit, yeah. Maybe it did finally find a home. Looks like it, for better or worse. I'll bet you this though. Hmm. By the time it finally happened, just based on watching his demeanor and and looking at his personality from like a just a body language standpoint, oh fuck! I bet Neil Gaiman was so tired of taking meetings. Probably. I mean, it just looks like something he would be so bored with after a while. Probably. Oh, um. By the way, um, I have uh, started taking the Neil Gaiman masterclass on storytelling. Have you? Mm-hmm. Good. It is fantastic. I wondered. I mean, I would have watched that just to see what he had to say. Oh yeah, you you definitely should. Yeah, it's it's I'm I'm maybe a fourth of the way through it. It's yeah. it's, it's fantastic. Yeah, it, it. I mean, they could delve deeper into that community and eventually just do like a a Grant Morrison masterclass on blowing your fucking mind. Mm-hmm. I don't feel like I feel like that would not have the same effect. I feel like Grant Morrison would just prattle on with strange anecdotes about meeting glowy globs in space or something and you'd be like i don't know what the hell just happened that's true i think he has an anecdote about when he um oh he was under some kind of influence Mm -hmm. and um wrote he wrote a song with john lennon Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) like he was he was in some different space and he was able to kind of contact john lennon and they wrote a song together all right well that's cool and you know the, the the craziest part is like I want to believe that. Well, I'm sure you do. And I want to hear that song. I would like to hear that song as well. <laughs> Even if it wasn't really a thing yeah. that happened. Like, what do okay, what what is a song you think you wrote with with John Lennon, Grant? I don't, don't I don't know what that would sound like. I really don't. He is a uh He's a Beatles fan on, on par with me, though. So it probably has, a, and a, specifically, apparently, a big John Lennon fan. That, like, like I think me and him could geek out for hours on on just Lennon and the Beatles and some McCartney alone. Um, <laughs> I could literally sit down with Grant Morrison and probably have a conversation that never involved a single fucking comic book character. Mm-hmm. Just because we would get so into like, you remember when they did this, blah blah, you know. When Plastic Auto Band came out and blah, 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 all that. Um, but yeah, it, it, he's a big enough fan that he, if he's any kind of musician whatsoever, it probably sounds a little Beatlesy. I mean, he probably got something that, in retrospect, you know, the day after sounded like something that Lennon or the Beatles were written. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, Bethany and I are going to see yesterday. Yes, I'm jealous. 
Whenever you get around to it, mm-hmm. we should we should do a Patreon review of yesterday. Ooh, fun. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. I'd be down. I'm in. All right. So we, uh, we've got the Patreon for Spider-Man <laughs> coming. And it's like on the weekends when I'm actually able to help out more. It's it's so it's so hard to like find time to, to uh, sneak away for three hours for a movie. Mm-hmm. I hear you. Yeah. All right. So uh, DC Universe just put out the new schedule a few days ago. It's, uh, the, the first three episodes of Young Justice Outsiders has been released already. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they're going to put out one episode a week for the next seven weeks. And no, then we're not doing the block of threes like last nope. week? Nope. Then the okay. final three episodes is going to be August 27th. <laughs> that's got to be scheduling. <laughs> that's so weird. Mm-hmm. That's weird. <laughs> is it July 27th? Mm-hmm. Uh, August 27th. August 27th. Okay, good. Good, good, good. I I, I don't know what the, what the thought process on all that is, but it's, good it, Lord. It feels like scheduling, man. What they do the first time? I think it was like three every week on, uh, and then for the last episode, the last for the last. Yeah. So they dropped them in blocks. Mm-hmm. And they just divided it as evenly as they could and dropped them. Mm-hmm. And then this time they're going to spread it out over the weeks. Now, have they changed when um, Star Girl is premiering? Not to my knowledge. All right, and we know. I mean, this is a deliberate decision they're making mm-hmm. because, according to the producers, they had uh, this season of Young Justice in the can months ago. Mm-hmm. Like in like hundred percent, we're going home. Peace, deuces, hollow. We, we're out. It's ready to go. Just hit play, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So unless they change something, which I don't, I don't know why they would. But um, they were completely happy with this, like two months ago. I want to say feels like that. Yeah, that sounds accurate. It may not be, but something it sounds that, accurate. Something in that range feels good. And, and so they, <laughs> they've gotten, they did that. And now they're dropping it in this weird schedule. I, that is so strange, man. But it will keep new content on. Mm-hmm. Say till August twenty seventh. Let's see. If this, let's see here. We got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Eight. No, that's the twenty seventh. Oh, so that's a that's a Tuesday. Yes. They were dropping them on the weekends before. So let's see. When, uh, it premiered this week on a Tuesday. Two, nine, six. It's gonna be about ten weeks. Their run. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. So Swamp Thing's got another five weeks. And then I had I had it tracked. When was Star Girl going to come out? I don't actually remember. August 9th. Star Girl was supposed to premiere August 9th, unless something changes. Okay. And then I imagine by the well, and then we got Harley Quinn in what December? Uh, Harley's actually in October with every other damn thing. So Harley's oh. supposed to be October 11th. Um, followed immediately by the standalone joker movie on the 17th and then followed very closely by wonder woman 1984 on october 31st no wonder woman 1984 has been pushed back to uh june oh that's right i didn't make that change in my little calendar okay so october's still got the joker movie and harley quinn mm. um star supposed to have enough episodes to get them to harley quinn just for some reason they're gonna i mean let's see one two three four five six. like there are five more episodes of swamp thing aren't there I don't know. It It feels like an eternity. (laughs) Let's see. All right. Swamp Thing. Swamp Thing. One, two, three. Oh, there are four more episodes of Swamp Thing, and there are four more weeks. That's perfect. All right. So they're going to end Swamp Thing, and then next week, Stargirl premieres. It's weird. Maybe that's what it was. Maybe DC Universe said, you know what? I cannot imagine making Dave watch three more episodes of this thing. (laughs) So, (laughs) Sorry. I don't care for the show. I know a lot of people do. Instead, they decided, I mean, the most cynical possible version of this is they're using 
Young Justice as like a salve, like to blend <laughs> and just hold you over if mm-hmm. you weren't. And it, I mean, it was scheduled to be released this time anyway. So it's, it's, that is a weird schedule. It's like, it's, I've never seen anything like that, but they, um, it was scheduled to be here anyway. So it's not like they decided Swamp Thing's not going well, throw something out there. Um, the timing of how that's going to go down is weird, but it was supposed to be around this time anyway. Yeah. I think best case scenario, it ended up being a bigger story than they were expecting. And they, they ended up making a couple more episodes than they were intending to. Hmm. Ooh, you know what? There's my new favorite theory, though. What's that? If you watch something week to week, there's a recency effect where you remember what's going on mm-hmm. at the time, but you forget what happened before. And there's also, I, I think I remember it being called a latency effect, where sometimes you can remember what's um, what happened when you were introduced to it, but not necessarily remember what was happening after that. So, like, you, if you see a series premiere, you remember, like, oh, the first episode of Doom Patrol, I can quote lines from it, and then... You know, four weeks later, like, I don't remember the details of episode three. Right. So maybe there's an attempt here to drop, like, three episodes on your ass. Mm-hmm. Remember me. And then week to week. <laughs> remember. Yeah. Week to week, you 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 just keep it going. Mm-hmm. And then instead of not knowing what happened necessarily in those last, like, 27 minutes, because, you know, the premiere or the ending of this kind of show would, would be about that, um, you drop, like a, like, another three episodes on their ass. And say, no, mm-hmm. seriously, you're going to remember me. It's an interesting theory, at the very least. I think it has merit. I would love for you to like, I would love to see video of you going to to them with this. Like, here's what I think happened. And they listen to that entire pitch. Mm-hmm. And then they just go, mm, yeah, scheduling. <laughs> <laughs> uh, ad-based, we needed it to end on this date. Oh, okay. Never mind. Sorry. Thank you for your time. Is my parking validated? Okay. No, it's not. Okay. Sorry. Thank you. You know, it's funny. She'd probably be talking to Joe McCabe. Yeah. <laughs> Might be. Right, Maybe. Sorry, I don't know. Thanks for your time. <laughs> um, According to some people, I'd be talking to an empty building. I don't know, man. Yeah. I, yeah. I feel like I should explain that. Uh, Joseph, Joseph McCabe is, he's the content editor over at DC on screen, uh, not DC on screen, DC universe. Mm-hmm. And, uh, he was also, we were, we had him on the show when he was promoting his, uh, book, uh, 100, th- 100 things Batman fans should, uh, know or do before they die. Mm-hmm. So, um, good bloke, mm-hmm. good dude. Oh, yeah. Great conversation. All right. Uh, let's see. Is there, Oh, doom patrol. It's getting a Blu-ray release, Blu-ray and DVD release. Uh, now the um, the digital purchase is available August twenty-sixth, but um, October first looks like we're going to be able to get it on Blu-ray and DVD. The DVD is uh, twenty-four ninety-eight. The Blu-ray is uh, twenty-nine ninety-eight. Of course, it's way more expensive in Canada. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I'm excited about that. We're going to get some gag reels. Oh, those are probably great. Yeah, some uh, uh, some deleted scenes. Yeah, I'm yeah. I'm excited about that. Yeah, I mean it's gonna go on my shelf. Oh yeah, no. I want you guys to know. I don't have a whole lot to say about it, but I love Doom Patrol. Mm-hmm. It is so far my favorite DC series. It was one of the most invigorating products I've seen in a very long time. It was fantastic. Well, I I don't know what to say, man. That's all I've got. Yeah, me too. I'm gonna uh, start editing out chainsaws. <laughs> Has it been that bad? No, oh, they've been all over the place. I haven't heard it, but... Oh, okay. I'm so sorry. Well, you know, you gotta do what you do sometimes. I guess. Well, thank you guys for listening. 
or I guess I'm, I'm speaking to the group mentality. I've, I've heard that that's a bad thing. Thank you for listening. <laughs> oh, just Thank you a, all. Just threw a pin. No, not all. Thank you. Oh, you have to speak to I the see, individual to listener. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It makes us sound more personable somehow. Sure. That's what the Are marketers we being and pod- Are we trying to like make ourselves feel like an individual so we don't get objectified and and used in like kidnapping and murder sense or you know i don't you know no not yet oh you know here's hoping i guess in time yeah i i hear a lot of podcasters talk about that like oh you don't want to talk to the uh don't talk to the group talk to the listener Mm. they'll say you guys say you yeah i i don't buy it when i I feel like people people smarter than that i don't know i i don't know i like to think our listeners are smarter than that yeah them for sure Mm-hmm. them plural oh that's the thing i need to bring up uh i was i'm responding to a thing in my head it has mm-hmm. nothing to do with that but uh okay. we can make it that way hey you guys glad we got somewhere with it. <laughs> uh, i've been asking on all of our little social media platforms who's your favorite superman please let us know dc on screen at gmail.com or go over to instagram dc on screen uh, our Twitter at DC on screen, our Facebook DC on screen uh, group or um, Facebook page. Either one is is uh, acceptable. Uh, people are already weighing in on their favorite Superman. And please do so without shitting on other versions of Superman. I understand. Mm-hmm. Just give us your favorite one. Feel free to tell us why. And we'll talk about it on the show next week. We've already got several replies. And uh, it can be kind of a fun conversation, I think. Has been. It has been, yeah. But if you so start far. getting shitty, if you start getting shitty. We've got a one up piece of nose pa- newspaper, newspaper. Yeah, 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 well, that made sense. That was a good slip. I, I understand how that happened. Yeah. Newspaper. Start getting shitty. One, you're not going to be mentioned on the show. Two, <laughs> who knows what happens? It depends on how shitty you get. <laughs> if it's shitty with a good tongue and cheek, maybe, maybe you won't get blocked or something. But hey, good wordplay is good wordplay. Yeah, it's fact. <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, bye. Until next time, keep some DC on your screen. You stuck that ending. Good job. Ah, Nailed it. Stuck it with a hot poker. Yeah. 10 out of 10. Damn it, Jason. <laughs> Our intro music is by Jason Goss and Michael Shackelford. Michael's band, Galactic Engineers of Magnetic Sounds, or GEMS, can be found on SoundCloud and Bandcamp. Visit DCOnScreen.com to find our Patreon, merch, contact information, and every episode of the show for free, including crossovers we've done with other podcasts. DC Onscreen is a maladjusted production. For more from me and Jason, including sketch comedy, vlogs, parodies, and our improvised web series Hey Guy, visit maladjusted.tv.